Welcome to In the Stacks from the Half Hollow Hills Community Library. We're talking about the stories we love because we think you might like them too. From bestsellers to old favorites to undiscovered gems. We talk about it here so that you can find it in the stacks. Hi, I'm Charlene. Hi Charlene, it's me, Ellen. And I'm here to talk about Eric Larson's Dead Wake. And you may have had some publicity about this. We do something called Long Island Reads. And these books usually take place on Long Island, New York City vicinity. Or sometimes it's about the author from a particular area. And he did grow up here in the area. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. And this is not my World War II novel. What? It's pre-World War One. Oh, oh, I oh. actually should say our entry into World War That's One. That's going back. And this is about the Lusitania. So the Lusitania comes in about a year after the Titanic, and it's boasts the uh, the largest, most uh, powerful speed because at that time, when the British were building these vessels, they had to prepare themselves that they would possibly be used as military. So they had a very sound base and structure, um, watertight compartments. And, you know, it was the old, this is never going to sink. <laughs> now, these people that um, ended up buying passage um, believe this. And it was very interesting that in the newspapers, right next to talking about buying Voyage for Lusitania, right next to that, you talk about marketing, Germans had put in an ad stating that this could be risky. You're at war, and you're on a British ship. Really? So a lot of people did not read that. (laughs) And and some of them you find out in some of the passages that they only found that out while they were on board <laughs> oh and out God. to sea, so now yeah. it's too late. It's like those drug commercials. Right, and there's a lot of um, talk about how people felt. You know, this, as I said, is one year after the Titanic, hmm. so you would think that you would be hesitant. Yeah. Some people were, and there's, um, in Eric's research, there's a lot written down, of course, about the passengers and who they were taking play, who were taking voyage on it. And there was also a passage, passenger that ended up not going on. She had a ticket. She had a premonition. And she felt that, or it was stated that she did have some psychic abilities that she was told Wow. that you get into that bunk, you will never get out. So she never actually traveled the Lusitania. But as you know from the Titanic, there were very well-known people on this ship. There was a Vanderbilt. Hmm. There were people who were carrying, there was one particular gentleman who was carrying an engagement ring because he planned on getting married in England. So this was the voyage going from New York to England. And this is the time um, early 1900s where the submarine came on. So this was something quite new. Um, There were problems with the submarines. And you'll know that we did not have any minefields. We did not have sonar. Um, Some of the submarines didn't always make it through their voyage because they were limited with oxygen. Um, They had problems with the gas emitting, where sometimes the um, crew were poisoned with gas because of where the torpedoes were. Wow. 
Um, they usually either worked on their battery or batteries or their electric, and they couldn't stay under too long without surfacing. And what happened is the, um, we get an insight into the submarine and the captain and how they felt and how they were on a mission. Sometimes we're always looking at, well, we're at war and we do these things because we're at war. And sometimes we don't look at the opposing side and what they're facing and what the challenges are with these submarines. And because there was no communication after a certain point of their voyage, they were autonomous, which meant that they made the decision, are they going to sink this boat or they're not? And there were times where they gave the passengers the ability to be removed from the ship to safety, and there were times that they were just sunk. Wow, things certainly are different now. So there's a lot of history. Um, Captain Turner, another point, the day of the voyage of the Lusitania, he was called to testify about the Titanic and about the captain's role. Oh, Talk about irony. Yes. To talk about the captain's role, and he did testify that he felt that the captain made a wrong decision on this. Um, It was a – Eric Larson did do a um, transatlantic voyage to see how that feeling is. Mm -hmm. And he said it's boring. What you're doing is you're paying shuffleboard, (laughs) and you're eating a lot of food. Yeah. There were definitely classes, but um, ship life was pretty wonderful. So this talks about the loss of the Lusitania. They did have enough lifeboats, but the casualties were unimaginable. There were over 1,000 people that died, and I believe about 700 and 750 were rescued. It was a big number. If you like history, you like to hear the involvement of even with the sinking of the Lusitania, Woodrow Wilson did not say, declare a war. He did not want to enter war. And Churchill, Winston Churchill, played a pivotal part in what the British intelligence knew about what was going on and how possibly could have this been prevented. So the title is Dead Wake, which was something that I cruise a lot, and I didn't realize that the dead wake is what that water is behind the ship. Aha, uh-huh. the wake, sure. The wake, the yeah. dead wake. Yeah. A great book, um, a lot of history, a lot of facts within this, and talk about some of the passengers. Well, that's the fun of the, of the historical fiction, right, is that you learn so much. I mean, history, personalities, um, information about boats and submarines that you would not pick up a book about that, but you become educated about that stuff. And even how, um, unfortunately, how they were recognizing the body, where there was a lot of description, like he was asked, how do you know so much about the clothing? Because there were a lot of similar names, and they would, to identify some of the bodies, they would describe the clothing because sometimes the clothing was a means of identity. Wow. I really love this book. So I hope you find it in the stacks because (laughs) you can find me in the stacks. That's where she is. Or you can find us both online at inthestackspodcast.wordpress.com. Do not miss a single episode. Subscribe on Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. And please tell your friends. Thanks. Bye.